It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you're listening live late on a, what is it, Friday? Friday evening? Friday night. I've lost track of time. Friday night track. Podcast. Friday night. Here we go. Uh, got a little different setup, you know, a little more dramatic lighting for this NCAA recap pod. Very surprising results in, in some of these events. There were some big time upsets. There were some fast marks. and. There was also the Joseph Fonboulet show. Uh, where do you want to start, Gordon? I mean, you got to start with Fonboulet. He he was the runner of the meet. He was the athlete of the of the whole night. It started with that hundred, which was surprisingly slow, to be honest. I mean, ten flat to win this. Looking at what that field was, you had people who had been running nine eights, nine seven, wind aided, and he goes out in the hundred, and he is in dead last. For like the first 70 meters, dead last in a 100 meter dash. Typically, that's a bad way to run the 100 is being in last with like 40 to 30 meters left. But it's Joseph, it's Joseph Fondula, and this is what he does. He is really good at sitting and kicking in sprint events. And he did that just there in the men's 100, wins it, yeah. and wins it easily. It wasn't even like he was in last place in that men's 100, but still was able to like destroy the field. It's not like he waited to the last moment to cross the line. He still destroyed the field in a sit and kick 100, 10 flat. Technically, it's a PB for him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's much better running a 10 flat. Uh, but yeah. yeah, what a run there. And he beat some of the other guys, though. They just had bad days. Like, mm-hmm. Favor Ash, good to get that second place. But Micah Williams, man, what happened to him? He just fell off, fell off the... Of Earth or planet, yeah. it just didn't look like himself. Did not look like what I call the second best runner in the world. Comes in seventh, but I mean, we could talk about all the other guys, but notably Fonbula. What was your thoughts on that first run that he had? Well, or his even first run was four by one. That's where I want to go. If you didn't know anything about Joseph Fonbula heading into this meet, 
and you just started watching from the beginning, you probably caught your eye on the four by one and you probably thought, Ooh, that guy, he made up a lot of ground. USC ultimately won that race. Shout out to them for winning the four by one without the 60 meter champion who is injured. It shows you how deep USC is, but he had a deficit in that race too. And I was watching that race and I'm thinking, man, when he runs 100, he's running from a deficit. When he runs a 200, he's running from a deficit because he's coming out of blocks and his start is not good. In the 4 by one if he just got it even, what would happen? He, he could probably win this thing, but he got it in a deficit. They came back. They almost won, lost by a fraction of a second. Once I saw the 100, and you're right, a lot of it was the other guys um, didn't run. I mean, if you told me Williams is going to run north of 10 seconds, I'd have said, well, what, what happened? So, there was some, some issue yeah. there. But once Fambole won the 100, it was curtains for the two. It was over. We all yeah. knew what was going to happen in the 200. That was – it was just stare at the clock the entire time because you knew his start would have had to have been absolutely glacial coming out of the blocks for him to lose. And I thought, Gordon – and I've watched a lot of his starts. They, I mean, they weren't great as compared to the, like, the times that he's running. But they were fine for him. Like, like he's definitely like he's definitely been slower out of the blocks. So the two hundred to rip that time to rip the nineteen eighty three number four all time. I mean, blew out the field. I mean, that wasn't wasn't close at all. And again, because we knew what he did in the hundred. You know, last year didn't win the hundred, and then he comes back, and you you're a little bit surprised by the two hundred because you're like, man, I thought the start would hurt him. You know, all he has to do is mitigate that first fifty meters. He just has to lessen his losses in that first 50 60 meters and then the 200 he just has too much track there's just too much space for him to lose in a 200 yeah and uh it's just impressive to not only win convincingly but he won convincingly in, in very good fields the men's hundred which i mentioned yeah. a bunch of nine seven eight nine guys this 200 had makai harris who ran a 19 what seven when dated yeah 200 yeah. matthew bowling sub 200 a sub 20 guy you had yeah. the good this good stanford runner you had a bunch of other good guys i mean javante harding who didn't make the final but technically he was in the prelim he was a good runner in yeah. this field yeah. it was just an impressive dominance that i did not expect i i could see a world where he won both event, events but i did not see a world where he would dominate both events I could see it in the two. The yeah. hundred was surprising for me because, again, you just there's not enough time you think for most people to make up that much of a gap. But the the two it wasn't surprising. I guess you could say the margin. I mean, was it 2013 back to bowling, and then Onwazarike of Stanford 2015. Harris was 2045. They had a plus point six. I looked at the weather midway through in this in the 60s. So you know it wasn't super hot ideal sprinting conditions and that just makes his 198 that much more impressive i agree with you on the men's side clear athlete of the meet this was what we thought he could do when we watched the meet last year yeah and i would say he probably clinched the bowerman here this is the the most notable moment of the meet it also is tied to them winning the team title mm -hmm. you know you could argue cunningham which we'll talk about later in the pod with his incredible 110 hurdle. But I think after this, 
He didn't even run it. Did, did he run indoors? Fambule didn't even run indoors, right? He ran he indoors. He didn't qualify, qualify, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I think kind of went from not qualifying indoors to being the, the dude, the guy. The dude. Yeah. I think Cunningham made a strong case, though. And Cunningham, it's not a lot harder to double if you're running uh, high hurdles because um, he had that amazing indoor season. He's got the undefeated streak. And then the storybook ending for him, I get, well, I take that back. The storybook ending would have been 1297, but yeah. he goes 13 flat, which is remarkable. Uh, tied for number two all time. And I thought, Gordon, a clutch performance. We've, we've compared him a little bit to Holloway this year, right, which is the consistency in the fast times. But I'll compare him in this way as well, too. When you're running all-time marks, you probably think, okay, that's going to be good enough, and I'm not going to need to worry about competition. And then Holloway, that last season he was there, Roberts was in the mix. And Roberts even you know beat him and was putting pressure on him. And what made that 2019 race so impressive and awesome was Roberts gave it his best and Holloway had a counter. In this race, Eric Edwards of LSU was on top of his game. So fluid. Love watching him hurdle. And, and was right next to Trey Cunningham, which in a hurdle race, you know, that, that, that can impact you. That can throw off rhythm. But Cunningham used the competition to his advantage. Uh, Edwards looked like he hit with his trail leg on that last hurdle, stumbled a bit. Otherwise, I think he would have been sub 13-10 for sure. But just the poise that Cunningham showed in addition to just getting the win was was so impressive for me. Like he took the best of that field and still was able to get a win. And I also don't think this was a perfect Cunningham race. And if you are didn't have a perfect race and you run 13 flat mm. – I'm looking at Cunningham. Do some hurdle, as internet being coaching? A, you doing some internet coaching here? I'm doing like he hit that first he hurdle. Sailed hurdle five. That, oh, yeah, okay. Hit the first hurdle. I, I don't think it was a perfect race for him. I think mm-hmm. with that being said, Cunningham can win USA's in two weeks. I mean, if Grant Holloway's not there, he's definitely gonna win USA's, but I think Holloway might just do like the prelims and but no, Holloway might run run the whole thing. I don't know. But do you really want Holloway to, is going to be pushed. You just jinxed, He's going to push Holloway. You just jinxed Makai Williams, and now you're not satisfied with that. You're going to try to jinx Trey Cunningham? Don't do that yeah. to these athletes. Don't. Um, well, listen, he doesn't even need to win USAs. He needs to be top three, excluding Grant Holloway, to make Worlds. And I think he can do yeah. that. Right? You, you, you feel good He's about definitely going to make Worlds. Kevin Allen. I just want to see him yeah. potentially beat Holloway. That would be crazy. You want to see some like competition. No one you want to see the bingo card. No, you want to see the renewal of the Florida Florida State rivalry, which yeah. we thought ended in in twenty nineteen when Holloway left college. It's just it's it's been a crazy couple of years, but he has been really sharp. Trey Cunningham, yeah, like he hasn't he hasn't missed. I mean, this is his this is his season. He ran thirteen oh seven at the East Prelim, ACC's thirteen sixteen. Uh, North Florida College Invitational 13, 15, and a 13, 10. Tom Jones ran a 13, 22 in the prelims and a 38. Indoors, a 7, 38 in the final. And then he ran a bunch of 7, 40, 7, 42. Like, he's just locked in right now. He's got the rhythm that he needs. Um, I think he can be, obviously, sub-13 guy. 
And once those once hurdlers get on a roll, it's sometimes it's hard to get them like to slow down at a certain like this was Holloway basically with a couple exceptions in the beginning part of nineteen. Then he had a couple mishaps like uh, post like in between NCAA's and Worlds, and then got it back together again for Worlds. So yeah, he's he's I think he's number two in the world right now. So we're moving my number two in the world from. Makai Williams to Trey Cunningham. <laughs> no, That's what this is doing. different, though. I think I already had him, too, in the world, actually. I, I should look at it. It wasn't just a random Gordon picking somebody from the back of the pack and making them number two in the world. All right, what was your third? If if Bonvalet was one, Cunningham was two, what was your third story? I'm not even going to ask you to say who was the third most impressive performance. What was the third story coming out of this meet? Third story? I mean... I honestly thought I look he liked the uh the men's five K. I thought that was mm. interesting. I liked uh Olin Hacker getting the win. Kinda we talked about the redemption that he was trying to go after from the Penn Relays fall, Penn the Relays. four by mile. That means nothing now to him because he can end his career <laughs> with the NCA title. Um yeah. it was interesting seeing like two I mean Beatles come, he's a seventh year senior, right? So it was like two seventh-year seniors duking it out against Nico Young. Um, I, I enjoyed that race. It, I thought it was interesting, you know, with the Florida State guys trying to do a Hail Mary at to try to win the team title with it, with going 1-2 in this event, which wasn't going to happen. But um, they went for it. And then we had a good mm-hmm. race there between Hot Hacker, Beatlescum, and Nico Young. Nico Young wasn't able to hold on. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Nico was going to win it. I was wrong. I thought also Abdi Habanero was going to win it. He got third. So basically, if I think you're going to win, you're going to get third. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. If I think you're going to win, you get third. Because uh, that's what happened in the 10K. In the <laughs> Sorry, play. everybody. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, top three is still good. Gordon, I got I to gotta pause here for a second. Just say our dream is coming true. We got people commenting uh, on the game tonight, the NBA game, in the, in the live chat. Just our dream of becoming NBA slash track podcasters is happening before our very eyes. It was. The timing was crazy. Literally turned off the game and then started this pod. It was as if we were doing a game for recap. Steph Curry goes Thank nuts. God. I, didn't even, I wasn't even watching the game, but Boston losing? Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Steph, Steph Curry is good at basketball. I'll just say that. That's Let's keep moving. Okay. I want to do this. This isn't like – I'm not ranking anymore. We'll put the ranking stuff aside right now. But this is a crazy stat or just storyline. Men's 400 hurdles. Sean Burrell. All right. Do you remember how good Sean Burrell was at NCAAs last year? It was insane. Sub 48 at NCAAs. Do you remember what happened at trials? Fell. Hit a hurdle. Yeah. Hit a hurdle and fell. And at the time, you're thinking he's coming off 47s. Like, oh, man, it's going to be really hard to medal. Like, but this guy's going to make the Olympic team because for the U.S., it was Ry Benjamin and everywhere else. This guy's going to make the team. He can make an Olympic final. All right. Do you know what sort of times he's run since then? Burrell? Dog shit times. Well, he hasn't broken 50 this year. Do you know what place he got at SECs? Do you know what place he got at SECs? Probably like seventh. Eighth. Eighth. Because <laughs> I'm oh, watching this race. Timing. He's good at timing his peak. Impeccable timing. Sean Burrell wins the impeccable timing award. Because, listen, 
I preseason, I have him on my rankings because I was like, this this is gonna be the guy behind that trio or quartet of you know Warholm, Dos Santos, Benjamin. But he's definitely gonna be number two in the U.S. And then I'm just checking back in every week. Okay, what's he been up to? What's he been up to? And then eventually he's out of the top ten because he hasn't broken fifty seconds. So so why would he be in the top ten? And then I'm watching tonight. He just freaking wins the thing and runs 48. So I have no idea. I just was totally surprised that he was able to pull this out and, and get it done. And now he's definitely a factor to make the U.S. team. Now, Quincy Hall has been good. Rosser's been good. Obviously, Benjamin's been good. So it'll be tough to make the team. But John Burrell, amazing timing from that guy. Yeah, I, I like that that notice. Speaking of back-to-back, because he won last year, won this year, we had another back-to-back, which I call, this is the most, like, trying to figure out the analogy. The most, like, boring greatness I've ever seen, if that makes sense. Boring greatness? Basically, Randolph Ross won again. He's a junior. He runs low 44s. It's not even a PB. And it's basically becoming like an average performance. Him running 44-1, winning back-to-back. And his post-race interview, he said he ran like a shit time. He was like, I ran awful. He runs 44-1. He's like, I ran awful. Destroyed the competition out in lane eight. But I ran awful. And that just kind of shows you how good he is. That, like, his floor is enough to dominate the NCAA. And I thought that was pretty impressive. So when I was watching this, I forgot who said it on the broadcast, but they said, it's going to probably take sub 44 to win this. And I thought, are you sure? Are you sure? And I thought, I don't think it's going to take that because it hasn't been that type of year. Now, Ross did it last year, but I don't think it's going to take that much. Yeah, this was sort of a get-through-it race. For Randolph Roth. That's what it felt like, even from the gun. Indoors, it felt like, all right, something special's on tap because he had that earlier season race where him and Elijah Godwin ran into each other and he still ran fast. Okay, you're not going to have that at the final. So maybe you want, you, you know, world record is on lock. I remember we went out to AT and they were talking world record indoors. But this, this just had a different feel to it. Part of me thinks, you know, they got their eye on the long game here. A bit yeah. of USA's so and and world championships that that could be part of it, but I mean it's a solid field though behind him. It just wasn't a race where you needed to run forty three to win. Yeah. But man, do you think Randolph Ross goes pro, or, or does do he go to he Tennessee? Stays at A and T, or do you think he transfers to Tennessee? To t- Tennessee, yeah, I don't know. Ah. Uh, well, I think either way, he's going to Tennessee because I think his dad is going to train him still. That's what he told yeah. us. So he's either going as a uh, NCAA athlete or as a pro. I think he goes. I mean, he's goes what? Obviously, pro or goes, goes to Tennessee. Goes pro. Goes pro. Goes okay. pro and trains at Tennessee. Best of yeah. both worlds. Use the facilities. There you go. I mean, I don't know. I. Yeah, I don't like with his degree and stuff. I don't know because we, I know we were talking to him about how many classes he had to finish up and stuff. So I'm not sure 
but I, I would guess he, he'll be running professionally next season or in a couple weeks. That is how good he is. All right, we talked 100, 200, high hurdles, low hurdles, 400. You talked 5,000. Uh, four by one, we talked about 800. Zahafi, it turns out the fastest guy in the world can be the fastest guy in the NCAA. I think we might have been overthinking this one a bit. Both you and I were like upset, upset, upset. But yeah. one, one thing I think that helped Zahafi, big favorite, right? And a lot of times you see these big favorites come into these races and they're front-running big favorites. But he had Brandon Miller out there to take the lead. And I think that helped a lot. He was able to key off him. He went by. Miller made a valiant effort to come back. But Zahafi's just, he's a 143 guy right now running in a world where no one else can break 144. So all, it doesn't seem like that shocking of a result. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going for the Mississippi State kid. Anderson, but at the end of the day, once I saw the race play out and I saw Zahafi still in it with 300 to go yeah, and kind of looked like he was chilling, I was like, all right, Zahafi's going to win this. And uh, it makes <laughs> sense. Sometimes you try to overthink yeah. the dynamics of a field and you're like, wait, but I think this situation is going to happen. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the reality is you go with the gut instinct and the gut instinct was... He's the world leader. He's the only guy to break four and forty-four, so yeah, he should yeah. win the NCAA championship. Yeah, he ran like he was in control. He ran like he was the number one seed. There was really once they got settled in after that first one fifty or two hundred, he was had himself in good position. And yeah, this was not of year past of you know Saruni or a Devin Dixon something like that. This guy was able to to control the race and. I thought it was funny in the post-race interviews. Like, this is my last first NCAA championship. My last NCAA championship. <laughs> that was it. One and done. Came in with one year of eligibility and, and got it done. Um, fifteen hundred was just a mess. Uh, okay. If I had a time machine, and I went, I have up a to take you, on this. Though. And I told you, Joe Wascom of Washington uh-huh. is going to win the NCAA fifteen hundred. Don't get me and. When you're like, oh, what's his mile time? I'll be like, he's a steeplechaser. Mm-hmm. What would your reaction be? Yeah, it must it must have been a crazy, weird, wild race, right? Yeah. That's what I well, thought. it's just like it's just what, what... crazy that like someone that no one was thinking about outside of his teammates and his coach, right, and people in the Seattle area, but no one was thinking Joe Wascom is going to win the NCAA title. Maybe – they look at John Davis because he's run a fast time. Obviously, Garcia Romo is a favorite. Uh, or the guys who went out in the prelim. The guys who went out in the prelim. Kipsang. They were also yeah. supposed to be there. But uh, it's just kind of wild that someone that no one was thinking about ends up winning the marquee mid-distance race. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at all of the winners in every men's event, they all kind of were like, the, the top, in the top three conversation, no one had Joe Wascom in yeah. their top three, and it's just kind of wild. It shows that like anything can happen in the fifteen hundred when you're trying to win it in three forty five. Well, I thought that all the distance races fifteen and up. I mean, Jaziri in the steeple was predicted, but I, I thought Hacker was an upset. Obviously, that Dylan Jacobs was an upset, and I thought this yeah, was, but Hacker winning. Upset. This is a bigger was, upset. Yeah, this is a bigger. 
Upset. Yeah, yeah. Tucker no, I was a I understand. top three guy. Dylan Jacobs is good. He was a top four or five guy. Yeah. So I haven't seen any interviews yet because we're recording right after this got done with Garcia Romo. But this just has to be a nightmare race for him. And the reason I oh, say yeah. that is because we, al- we always talk about tactics and getting boxed in and commentators spend a lot of time talking about it. But usually in a 1,500-meter race, there is an opportunity that presents itself. And you make a big deal about it in lap one or lap two because it's a dramatic thing to talk about. But usually there's time and space to get out of the box. I mean, even, even in film, without limits, right? the big deal, pre's boxed in, he can't get out, and then he finally gets out of the box. Garcia Romo was locked up until, what, 50, 60 to go? Like, locked up. He had nowhere to go. And again, that's just the thing that keeps you up at but doesn't actually happen because, you know, it's like that running and all of a sudden the track turns into quicksand, you know, and you wake up in a cold sweat. That's what this was. And I don't know. I mean, Washington had three guys in there, which allowed them to, to dictate stuff. That race is too chaotic to have everything in place. But Romo was gaining pretty quickly there, ran out of room in the final strides. but. Again, that's just – that's the worst-case scenario. You could say, hey, he should have – he could have – you know, he took the pace on. Maybe he could have gone even harder earlier to thin the thing out. But he was in so much traffic the entire race. There was no way he could get out of there. Yeah. He, he maybe just made an assumption that a path would open, and it just never did. And now, of course, because it usually you, does. It usually does. Yeah, it usually you want does. An indoor mile. You sometimes you can't be bad at tactics when the indoor mile usually. Yeah. And the, if he would have known that the path was going to close, then he would have to make that move and swing out wide in the two three on like the the back turn. Sure. Which is risky because sure. you you're losing momentum. So he was just being like taking the odds is like I would rather trust that a, a lane's going to open than risk losing momentum by trying to swing wide on the back turn and. His calculation didn't work out. Because I think if he would have swung wide with like yeah. 150 to go, he wins the race. But there, Right, in an alternate reality. He had nowhere to yeah. go. If, if he swung wide with 150 to go, he would have DQ'd, got DQ'd like six times. It would have been a Draymond Green situation yeah, for our NBA fans in the chat. He would have just bowled over three or four guys to get there. Like you, your fellow podcaster, Draymond Green, by the way, that's what I'm saying. There was never any daylight. Yeah. Usually there's some. But just the way the race developed, it just, again, it just had to have been, he had to have been sitting there the whole time. All right, be patient, be patient, be patient. It'll open, it'll open, it'll open. And then never did. I mean, it was almost like the scenario you talked about where you said one day you hope to see team tactics where people – from one team encircle a top runner from the other team. And that was basically go back and watch this race from the vantage point. I saw it just, he never had any opportunities to do anything different. Like his fate was sealed. I, I forgot when he got past and, and fell back onto the rail. But at that point, his fate was basically sealed. He could not get out and the pace was too slow. Nobody was going to fall off that pace. Yeah. It was like inverse centro 2016 at the Olympic games. There was no yeah. way Centro was going to lose the race because he had the perfect position the entire time, and it was, no one could ever yeah. pass him. 
This is the inverse. He had the worst position the entire time, and he never got the lane to move through. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's tough. It's tough to happen, especially in this championship. But big ups to Andy Powell and the the Huskies. It probably feels good when, whenever Andy Powell has a winner, win in Oregon's turf. You know, it's pretty cool. That was you replaced those three Washington jerseys with Oregon, and they're going wild there, right? And that's what it was like. During you know the Mac Fleet days and all the other yeah, great miles that come out there, Central. Well, obviously, yeah. For a while, when Edwards was running well on the high hurdles, he's former Oregon Duck too. I thought, man, is he going to upset Trey Cunningham at his old track? Like that'd be a crazy story, too. Yeah, Eric Edwards did uh, for Oregon. I forgot about that. Yeah, a long time ago. Steeple. I'm just running through the rest of these results. That was fast. Three guys under 8:20. Jaziri got the win. Great burst over the last 50. Um, and then four by four, Florida always just seems to be able to get the exclamation mark at the yeah, end. I mean, a big reason why Florida's four by four is good is because they had two really good transfers come in, in uh, Champion Allison and, oh my God, uh, Corey Patterson. But yeah, when you're 400 you, that's what happens, and the greats want to come to you, and you continue to run on a bad day, 301, on a great day, 258. It's a good range yeah. to be in. So. Yeah. And speaking of the team title, Florida won the team title yeah. pretty convincingly, basically on the backs of Joseph Fambula. Pre- going into the race, we predicted, I predicted Texas would win. I, I didn't even think Florida was going to get second. I thought Georgia was lining up oh, to challenge Texas. Oh. But Georgia uh, didn't do uh, well. You're going to hear from the Florida people. Yeah, you're I know. Georgia didn't do well in the decathlon, and, that, and bowling wasn't a superstar, so Georgia fell off. But Florida, they just, you know, obviously Fambula is going to get a lot of the, the credit because he, he scored 20 points. But, mm-hmm. you know, getting like fourth places and fifth places in the 100 and the 400 was really what pushed yeah. them over the top. Because the mm-hmm. difference between those and them getting like sec, uh, getting seventh and eighth, that's like the difference of six to eight points total, which is enough to swing – a team score. So, um, and also yeah. Texas had a bad day. You know, they scored no points in the 800. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. do as good in the, the 200 as they could have. So definitely there was a factor of Texas not having a good day. Yeah. You know, if Texas had a great day, do they win? Probably not because they weren't going to. Yeah, probably not. Maybe it comes down to the four by four. And it's a little more yeah. dramatic if Texas had a great day. But Florida just – once you see Joseph Fambula win the 100, who was projected to get, like, fourth in that race, yeah, that's a it's, – it's over. So Florida yeah. getting the job done. And they didn't even have that good of an indoor season, which is kind of wild to, like – Florida's really good at either winning or podiuming every time. Right. And their indoor season was an aberration. Obviously, the women won, so it kind of put the focus on there. But – the Florida men not doing well indoors was like, whoa, big reason why the guy who scored 20 points wasn't there. But uh, <laughs> that helps know, for them to, to rebound and then be like, end the season with a win. Like, all right, everyone's going to forget about their mm-hmm. subpar indoor performance. And just remember, once again, one of the seasons they're going to win or get second. You know, and Florida's good, man. Sure, sure. They've always been good. Well, Texas will have another chance tomorrow. 
on the women's yeah. side. Oh, the women are going to destroy. I'm confident on that one. You sure? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I did say that with and- Texas and it didn't work out. But, you know, I'm more confident on the women. They got so many bullets. They're they're good. They're good. And a hall, and a hall show tomorrow, too. Yes, it should be fun. Yeah. Um, chat. Your, is, the, is the chat awake? The chat awake? Before we go to the chat, what are your uh, – give me your women's 200-meter prediction. Oh, man. Women's 200-meter prediction. I'm not going to change it. Let's pull up that – screen. pull up the start list, Colt. Go to Saturday, women's 200. And then go down to final. But uh, yeah, this is it. Go to start list. Yep, yep, yep in the middle. There it is. So, uh, let's throw that guy up there if we can, so people can see the uh, start list. Terrific. Shout out to Colt, by the way. Working late hours. Thank you, Colt. To help make this podcast happen. The MVP of the show. I mean, I'm going to go Ophelia and then Steiner. I'm not going to change. Philly being in lane seven and Steiner in lane six is definitely an advantage for Steiner because she can cue off of Philly. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Steiner. I mean, I've been going with Steiner for the past three years. I'm, there's no way 12 hours yeah. before the race. I'm be like, oh, no, I'm going with the Philly. Flow track rankings are going with the Philly, but Gordon Mack is going with Steiner. <laughs> and I got I to stick with it. Yeah, I can't be – I can't argue too much with that. Folks in the chat were saying in the semis they thought Steiner looked – better but sometimes that can be deceiving though too that's true sometimes Wind's can, different. can be indicative yeah i just i'm not gonna change right now just based off of a a semi but yeah it would be the the weird result would be and i think julian alfred obviously is the favorite in the hundred but the weird result would be steiner winning the hundred and then ophelia winning the two that would be like a strange wait what <laughs> Or like neither of them winning anything, like someone yeah. like Anivia Battle wins the two hundred. Everyone's like, "Wait, what happened?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Jefferson, where we get like Melissa Jefferson offense. just shows yeah. up and's like, "Guys, I'm gonna win both." That'll be fun. Coastal Carolina Jefferson winning both. Wow. Okay. All right, we got a couple minutes left. Questions, comments from the chat. I saw it. The chat was uh, – they're a little, they're a little crazy. I saw it earlier. They said Matthew Bowling could qualify for the Jamaican team in the 200. And I'm like, all right. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's calm down here, folks. Let's keep it on topic. But it was cool to see the NBA stuff on there. So anybody got any questions, predictions for tomorrow, thoughts on the men's season? Would you like the meet? Not like the meet? Throw it in the chat before we go just because I want to make Colt work for four or five more minutes. <laughs> just kidding. Cole, how you doing, by the way? Doing good. I'm chilling. All right. Late night work. This is, yeah. You're a you're a you're a younger you're a younger guy, so you usually stay up late, right? Yeah. Is this yeah, late for, sure. for you or no? Okay, no, so this no, is not no. late for you. I'm hitting like 2 a.m. most of the time. Working. Really? So you're on the Gordon Max schedule? I think so. Yeah. Colt, were you producing the show one time when Gordon went out of his way to mention three or four times that he stayed up till 4 a.m. to finish the rankings, and then people were making fun of him about it in the I, chat? I was, I was here for that. Yeah, okay. That was, that was a good time. That was, yeah. yeah, and then anytime Gordon brought up anything, it was like, was he up till 4 a.m. doing that? that was, <laughs> yeah. It was a good episode. In the, uh, it was a good pity play from Gordon. I, I don't think it worked out in his favor, but I, I appreciate the hustle of trying to get the, the, the chat on. I'm going to be yeah. up late Sunday 
because we have obviously more NCA stuff. We have Portland Track Festival and then the NYC Grand Prix, which we'll talk about Sunday afternoon. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of changes into my U.S. rankings because a lot of people are running fast times. And Makai Williams now yeah. is like, all right, you're not second in the U.S. anymore. You're going to be freaking sixth. So I got to yeah. change my rankings. I did see Tampa Eagle mentioned. Uh, Sydney McLaughlin's around the 400. Yeah, and the high hurdles. That's, That's interesting. That's interesting double. Yeah. I don't want to read too much into that. I need to go look at the schedule. I'll, I'll report back by Sunday on that one. Um, Jordan says Kemba could very well upset the women's 100 tomorrow. Um, that's the bold prediction. Uh, Kevin has Julian in the 100 and Abby in the 2. Cheeseman59 says, do we see a 11-8 from the women's 100? What do you think time-wise? Yeah, 11-8. It's in the afternoon. It's going to be hot. 11-8. Mm-hmm. Well, 10 8. Thomas says, 10, eight. sorry, not 11 8. 10 sorry, eight. What, what did I say? 11 8? My bad. My said bad. 11 8. Um, Late. Sorry about that. Thomas says, tell Gordon not to get all excited about times ran in Lubbock, Texas. Very valid yeah. point. Extremely valid. My, uh, my Kaya Harris thoughts did not work out when he ran his Lubbock time. But I think Julian Alfred's Lubbock times are legit. Yeah. She's, 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 she's good. When you go altitude plus wind and you're using double conversions, that's where sometimes you lose me. And I'm just like, I'll just wait till the next race. Yeah. Because you have a track record of them competing against other people. It's like, all right, let's just go back to that. Unless you thought they got insanely faster in the past month. Let's just revert back to when they raced some other people as a barometer. Um, Kevin asked how fast. Okay. Well, this other Kevin has a question. How fast will Shakari go in New York City? I mean, I feel like we need to know the weather. I feel like we need to know the yeah. weather uh, before we make any predictions. But saying it's – if we say it's solid, ideal conditions, so 90, she was 92 at 3. 10-8. Uh, yeah, she was, what, 10-7 seven, seven high with the wind. Yeah, I'll go 10-88. 10, 10, 10-86. Do you got a question for you? Yeah, last one, and we'll go. This entire meet that we had today, all the the men's runners, what notable thing, like, either changed your mind or got you excited about either USA's or Worlds? Like, what performance or lack of performance did you see that happened over the past two hours that's going to impact your thoughts going into these next month of US running and world running? So am I thinking of it just from a U.S. perspective? No, U.S. or world perspective. So if it's like a U.S. – is it like making a team or is it something about the world? You know, either or. Yeah. Okay, so I'll stick with both hurdles. It's Cunningham and his ability to – right now he's no worse than second in the world. And then on the low hurdles, is Burrell back? Because then he – could he be in 47 form by the time we get to USA's? And if so, what could he do? At the World Championships. So for me, it's both the hurdle races. Do you think Joseph Fambule can beat Knighton and Lyles? Do Either I think or. Joseph Fambule can beat Knighton and Lyles? No. Not this year. Next year, maybe. Not this year? Oh, not next year. year? Maybe. I mean, I just... You got you to gotta show me the first 50. 
to know, but okay. not not Fair this enough. year. No. You mean he made the final last year? What is he sixth? Yeah, or fifth? Didn't beat Nightner Lyles last year. And Knighton, Knighton, I don't know if you can tell, Knighton is faster. Than last yeah, that's year. true. Knighton is faster. I don't know if you know. 1949. Didn't no, I mean, Knighton, if you could tell me. Did Knighton ever commit had, to go to Florida? I'm not sure. That would be funny. And Lyles been in Florida. <laughs> no, Lyles, Knighton, and Fomberle all on the same team. Wow. All right. Let's end it there. Camp Eagle says, good pod for a middling event. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Nick says, thank you for the late night podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, appreciate you guys uh, listening live or if you're listening archived. Remember, we're going live on Saturday right after the women's competition. So that's 7 p.m. Central. Do I have that right, Gordon? And then Sunday, right. fi- Sunday 5 p.m. Central. And then Monday. 9 a.m. Central. Did I get all that? Oh, we should show this, by the way. Can we show this? Joe Gordon's podcast schedule. Is that allowed, Gordon? Can people see this document? Or is this Uh, a state secret? secret? Yeah, that's when we're going live. Look at the the pod schedule. Look look at this. This is the behind the scenes look. Throw it up there, Colt. Can you do that? All this stuff. is just so this is just Excel sheets. This is this is not good content. We're not doing good content. Well, no, you We're got not, the planning. You got DL this and that. It's exciting. It's the it's the the people at the very end want to know a little bit more about the show. That's I will say this. Out. Just warning to my users, not my not users, my viewers. Users. My users. Let me say my viewers. Tomorrow I am going paddle boarding. I'm going on a ten mile paddle board tomorrow morning. So. Goals be back by five o'clock to watch the meet, but I might have a little oh, bit of God. sun. I might be a little weak. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gonna wear sunscreen on this? Eventually? Yeah, you gotta wear sunscreen, man. Okay. We have to I'll color correct for all the red. If you don't, uh, usually I have the worst camera setup, but that'll be worse. Yeah, if you're going in the morning, if you're not back by five p.m., something went really wrong. So that's be true. careful. Well, out ten there. miles is a long time. Of yeah, that's a long day. way. Why are you doing ten? Why don't you start off with something a little more manageable? Well, I don't. Oh, what's make the, the farthest you? I'm not leading the paddleboard. What's the farthest you've paddleboarded before? What's the farthest you've? That's not before? a stat that I keep track of. It's not on my. If you say page, zero miles per profile. So what is it? Is less than one that I'm thinking. So you're gonna go. No, I paddleboarded. I paddleboarded more than a mile. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. Literally, your stats. paddleboarding is like the essence of Austin, Texas. I've paddleboarded multiple. Paddleboarded multiple times, but not ten miles. Wait. Hold on, Colt. Figure, Colt, we'll learn turn, that. Colt, turn we'll your mic on. Yeah, what's Colt, up? How long, you, how long have you lived in Austin, Texas, Colt? Uh, four years. Would you say paddleboarding is the essence of the city? Uh, I've never been, but I, I maybe. <laughs> we should do a pod from paddleboards. That'll be fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to get. Can we get Colt on this trip? I can't swim. How do we get Colt? Oh, sh- be you can't kid. swim. Colt, yeah, do you want to come? We're meeting. Me. We're meeting at ten a.m. Ten uh, miles. He said he can't. I can't swim. He said he can't swim. Like, yeah, I think that's You don't need to swim. Called. You just have to paddle. <laughs> just don't fall off. Yeah. We have a life jacket. Yeah, All right. Well. Wish me luck. That's all. Don't hurt yourself. Just ask for a little bit of luck. Wear sunscreen. Stay I'll wear sunscreen. I promise. Tampa, Tampa says Kevin will do the pod by himself tomorrow. Yep, that's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my prediction. That's going off at minus a, 200, folks, if you're back. There is a chance. No, you got to be on. You got to be I'll on because I told you I got something. I got something right after too, so we're gonna have to keep that one to a tight thirty tomorrow. 
Yeah, we'll be good. All right. All right. Thanks, we'll see everybody. You guys tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Thanks, Colt. Later, guys.